0: Sometimes I uh, I hear, but I I don't listen. Uh, there's a difference between those two. Uh, and the the whole uh, reality, you know, for me is, you know, sometimes I can't hear, um, for a combination of reasons. One is because I listened to music too loudly when I was younger, and um, and even when I was uh, older. Um, you know, I listened to it uh, too loudly, and that didn't help. Working in a factory, uh, running equipment uh, without ear protection also uh, wasn't, um, you know, wasn't a good idea, and that didn't help me. Uh, the biggest effect was certainly the radiation on one of the tumors that then severely damaged the um, auditory nerve in my in my uh, right ear. You know, and that, that really... Um, effects of my hearing so you know sometimes i i can't hear uh, uh but sometimes i hear but i don't listen and uh, and again there's more than one contributing factor to that one is because i am easily distracted and partway through our conversation uh, my mind has switched tracks and i am thinking about something totally different than what we were talking about and uh, and you know so i i am no longer listening and then it, it, even though it sounds contradictory uh, sometimes i can also get really focused and so i'm thinking about something and then you know when you begin to talk to me um i'm still thinking about what it was i was on and i'm not really listening to what you're saying even though i'm looking right at you you know and making eye contact now jenny has picked up on that and uh you know every once in a while while we're talking she'll uh, you know i'll be looking right at her and we can even be across the table from each other and she'll say you're not listening are you I said, I said just say it again i'll listen this time um you know the uh um but then there are some things we all have to battle in it with this with this whole idea of of not listening uh sometimes i just disagree with what What's being said, and so what I do then is I stop listening and I begin to uh, form my rebuttal in my mind, you see. And so I'm not really listening to you because I'm thinking more about what I'm going to say. And I I think we all kind of struggle with that. And sometimes I just don't care Uh, what they're talking about, I just don't care, you know, and so I'm not listening i notice this happens a lot with the, you know when, when the tv's on you know particularly when we get to the news and stuff i just don't care what they're saying and i'm really i'm really just not you know, so, so I'm, I'm not listening and then there are times where i think i know what you're going to say so what i do is i run ahead to the conclusion i assume you're heading towards you see and i am waiting there for you Uh, You know, and now you may never get there because you're talking about something else, you know, but, but, uh, you know, I've, I've drawn my own conclusions. And so I don't actually listen then to what you're saying. and, And we can all battle those, you know, and the challenge then here's the challenge that comes for each one of us is to listen to what God has to say. But to listen to what God has to say without being distracted, to listen to what God has to say without being so focused on something else that's going on or to listen to what God has to say without closing our minds to what He is saying, or listening without jumping to conclusions. That's our challenge today as we look into God's Word. Let me encourage all of us to listen well, and listen well to God. Let's pray. We're going to turn into a look at a passage today. Father, thank you. Thank you that you hear us when we call. You do know what's going on in our life. And as Don was singing a song, and I was just thinking of uh, how many lives you have intervened in, when they have called out to you. but it doesn't have to be a crisis for us. You listen and we're so grateful for that now we need help to listen to you we need help to hear you to listen to not just let it come in one ear and go out the other and not just say well i heard that but to be able to pay attention and what are you saying to us there's a lot of individuals here today father and you know us as individuals and when you speak you you are speaking into our lives and you are speaking into our hearts and i ask you to do that today that you would touch lives You know the challenges before them. You know what they're in the midst of. And you know what's coming. So, Father, continue your grace and your love at work in our lives and hearts to be more and more your people, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. We're going to be in John 17. We're going to uh, finish this chapter up. We were looking at this. This is the fourth week in John 17. Uh, and this is our final message in john 17 uh you know the the um, and it's also the final message in our series random thoughts um what i expected to be maybe four or five messages turned into 15 and uh, i actually have a few more on the list and maybe one of these days we'll get around to them and maybe we won't but uh down in verse 20 is where we're going to start so john chapter 17 drop down to verse 20 and this is another as we look at it transition in Jesus prayer at this point uh where he is now praying for us and it i, I when i read this sometimes i i think you know did here, here's a a challenge for you to maybe think about uh you know did Jesus pray in vain um that's not the title of the message but uh, i just kind of wonder sometimes look at verse 20 we're going, to, we're going to take two verses and then we'll pick up with the uh, other six after that. But verse 20 says, I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their message. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, here's the thing. We, you know, to, to, the honor, the privilege for us is we believe through their message. You know that this is what he's talking about, those who will believe through their message, you know the message that his disciples were responsible for, which is recorded in the New Testament. I was you to look through the New Testament, uh, two of them, Matthew and John, they wrote their messages down in their gospels. And then uh, two of them, peter and and John, also wrote messages in their epistles, the letters to the church. and they they wrote uh, you know about what Jesus had said and done. And then also two of them, James and Jude, were actually Jesus brothers. Uh, you know and not only watched him you know as they grew but watched him as he was an adult and went into ministry and then two of them mark and luke were close associates of the apostles and they they recorded then what what they had heard from the apostles and what they had seen and uh, you know along the way too and then several of them mentored paul as he came into a relationship with christ he began fighting uh, those who had a relationship with christ jesus and as he came to uh, that relationship with christ himself Uh, several of the of these who jesus is praying with in mark 17 several of them mentored uh, paul as he came along and one of them john he wrote about things to come at the conclusion of what is this you know present age uh you know and, and so we have their message you know we have their message and we are you know we are among the ones who believe through their message You know, so when he's praying here for those who believe through their message, we are part of the ones he is praying for, uh, that he prayed for at that time. You know, we we are among those. And what we also have, you know, we have that privilege and the responsibility to pass on that message so that others also come to know Christ, so that others also come to believe that message about Christ, so that others also come to know who He is and the reality of what it means to have a relationship with Him, and the, and the way in which He guides and changes lives, and the way in which He comes alongside, and the way in which He loves, and the way in which He is faithful, the way in which He is good. You know, it's not simply that he exists, but he is the one who died on the cross for our sins so that we can be forgiven and so that we can receive eternal life, so that we can receive life now. John chapter 3, a little earlier in, in, in the gospel of what we're looking at here, it says he well it says just as moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone what who believes in him will have eternal life that belief bringing life there he says verse 16 familiar verse for us for god uh, loved the world in this way he gave his one and only son why so that who those who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life that belief bringing life john 3:36. He says the one who believes in the Son, what, has eternal life, you know, but the one who refuses to believe in the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. So there is a a, a difference between those who believe and those who don't believe. Those who believe uh, receive that eternal life, eternal life with Him. Uh, John chapter 6. He says, I assure you, anyone who believes has eternal life, that belief there with eternal life. John chapter, a little earlier in this same prayer, John 17, verse 3, he says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, that belief, they may know you, that eternal life there, the only one, the true God, the the, the one that you have sent, Jesus Christ. The reason John wrote his gospel is so that people would come to believe in Christ and receive eternal life. In chapter 20, he tells us why he wrote. He says, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and the the Son of God. And by believing, you will have life in his name through their message. Through the message, people come to believe in Jesus. And as they come to believe, they receive new life. We receive eternal life in him. This is the reality of what it means to have that relationship with him. There's a difference, again, between hearing and listening, the difference between knowing and believing you see the difference between you know to know something you can know something as it's stated but to believe and make that 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 step that transition that commitment there you know he says in verse 21 he says you know that they may be one uh, you know one that we might be one as they are one now it's not that we become god or even part of god now some false religions will will teach that and will preach that that you know that we become that we become uh, a god and we become part of god uh the mormons believe that uh, that we are as god was and we one day will be as god is you see that we're progressing along and we're becoming more and more a god uh that's false religion that's that's just not true and you know a lot of the eastern religions uh believe that you know that we will become god and we will become part of god or even become part of the universe christian science believe you know that that you know that we just when we when we get over this uh, this uh, false uh, dichotomy of 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 what's here it's not all here then we become part of the big the big the big mind you know that and those are all false religions we don't become God so when he's talking here and he's saying that we become one that's not what he's talking about what he's talking about is rather that we become one in purpose you know we become one in effort what Jesus is praying here is praying that those who have a relationship with him, those who have received eternal life, you know, that that we would all be united in the importance of bringing this message, of bringing this salvation to others, to tell others about their need for a relationship with Christ. He's saying, I told them about their need for this relationship. They are telling others so that the others too might believe. This whole, this whole reality of, of the, the belief there and the, the belief he's talking about, it's a life-changing belief. It's a life-changing relationship with Jesus. That's why Jesus came. In Mark, the first chapter of Mark, it says now after john was arrested here he's talking about john the baptist when after john the baptist was arrested jesus came into galilee proclaiming the gospel of god and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand repent and believe in the gospel mark tells us here that jesus was proclaiming the gospel of god the good news some of the translations say good news and it's that the gospel means good news he was proclaiming that good news that gospel of christ now notice notice what what mark tells us you know what what jesus said he says the time is fulfilled the time is fulfilled the prophecies of the messiah coming in the line of david this is what they were looking forward to this is what they were expecting this all the way back that you know from god would come the 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 one all the way from back in genesis the one who would who would crush satan's head and they kept looking for that and he says look now he says the time is the time is fulfilled and he goes on and he says and the kingdom of god is at hand the kingdom of god is at hand they were you know they were seeing they were seeing the working out of god's plan to establish his kingdom this is what they were waiting for for god to establish his kingdom now in their mind he was going to establish the kingdom so there was going to be a rule in the reign here on earth at that time and that rome was going to be kicked out and they were once again going to be the the people of god they were once again going to be a nation you know that was known as gods and you know and the people in the kingdom of god and that's what they were looking for to establish this kingdom to establish that literal kingdom right now right then here on earth and he said but you know that isn't what he was doing he you know he said he goes on he says you know to repent and believe repent and believe the gospel being part of his kingdom means you change your way of living repent is to change your view of jesus and your direction of living you see it comes first with that with that with with that knowing and it gets into the believing it comes with that knowing who he is, you know, and then, and then that, that believing. When he talks about, you know, about re- repenting here, is that changing that, that whole, that whole, you know, belief sets that new relationship w- with, with, you know, with Christ Jesus in a new direction. Believing in the gospel, he says. That that is now what is directing you in your, in your living and your doing. So, you know, there's the message, the gospel knowing that jesus is our savior and living with him as our reigning king it's not simply it is not simply knowing that he is savior because what scripture tells us tells us very plainly that the devil believes and shudders you see because he rejects it he doesn't he doesn't bow the knee he doesn't he doesn't follow. He doesn't. His life is not, is not changed. It's not, he's telling us here, you know, that, that the whole believing the gospel it's knowing that He's your Savior and living with Him as your reigning King. Why? Because He is setting, He came to, you know, as He says, you know, as He said there, uh, you know, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God, living under the rule and reign of Jesus as your King. That's what a kingdom is. And he came and he set that up. And it wasn't, you know, that literal kingdom that, that, that we think of, that they were thinking of on earth. But it is that living under that rule and reign of our King Jesus. There's the gospel for you knowing he's your savior and knowing it not just in your head but that belief then that transfers into action and living with him you know as your reigning king i, I know some people who you know say yeah, i believe that he you know that he and they go and they live how they want and and i, I say well, that you know it but you don't believe it and there's a huge difference there's a huge difference yeah, and, and this is where we where we need to be. You know, he says, "May they be one in us." Notice what he says: "So the world may believe that you sent me." A life changing belief. It's a life changing belief. You know, we become one with God in helping the world to know and to believe in Jesus as their Savior and and their reigning King. Uh, you know, the question we really need to be asking people is not do you know that you'll go to heaven when you die i don't believe that's the question that we really need to be asking people the real question is who is jesus who do you think jesus is who do you think he is and if the answer is anything other than my savior and king then they are believing something other than the gospel if they're believing something other than the fact that He is their Savior and reigning King, they're believing something other than the Gospel. You know, they're falling short of believing who Jesus is and falling short of believing why He came. To have that whole life-changing relationship. You know, they're missing the message that came through His apostles as to why Jesus came. Now, the rest of these verses in this chapter really reinforce, you know, and, and, and connect, you know, what we've been looking at here. Uh, pick up with me. Verse 22. We're going to read these last five verses here. Verse 22 through the end of the chapter. He says, I've given them the glory that you have given me. May they be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they be made completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire those you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my glory which you gave me because you loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you. However, I have known you and these have known that you sent me. I made your name known to them, and will make it known. So the love that you have, that you have loved me with may be in them, and I may be in them. See, when we see when we see uh, you know or hear of the glory of God, we often think of you know some sort of holy glow or holy light, whatever that is. You know, the halo around their heads. Um, I, I was um, I like to watch some of those uh, shows in the morning. The uh, you know, where they build things and fix things and, and work things. This old house, you know, ask this old house. Uh, the one woodworking guy who, I don't know why I watch him, because I'll never be able to make the stuff he does. It's like, it's like dude, not only, I mean, even if I had the machines he had, I just don't have that talent. But at any rate, um, so while I was waiting for one of them, uh, Rick Steves was on. You know, if I ever go to Europe, I want Rick to go with me. Yeah, you know i want you know i want rick steves along and he could just show me the way anyway he was in this monastery and he went up to the upper floor and at the top of the stairs they had this picture you know that was greeting them at this monastery there and it's a picture like you would see in in a lot of the older paintings um, and there's these saints and you know they're saints because they have this gold you know glow around their head that's painted there this 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 glowing thing you know and so we we you know when we we, we look at this and we, and we and we see you know that they hear the glory of god you know that that the uh, you know i've given them your glory so that you know that that may be on on them as well and you know with i think if it were light that he was talking about here you know this glow uh, around your head there uh, i i think they would refer it to it as, as the light of god or something indicating light um, when Moses, the only thing i could think of you know when moses came down from meeting with god it does say that his face was radiant and he had to cover it with a veil uh, for a while you know because that was it, when he was in god's presence and uh, but it seems to me biblically uh the glory is simply the obvious presence of god Uh, Look what it says in Exodus chapter 29. He says, I will also meet with the Israelites there, speaking of of the tabernacle, and that place will be consecrated by my glory. What's it consecrated by? It's consecrated by his presence. You see, he'll be consecrated by my glory. His, His presence was there. A little bit later in Exodus, he says, uh, the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. What was it? Just as glow No, it was that the presence, that obvious presence of God in numbers. It says when the community assembled against them, being Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron turned toward the tent of meeting and suddenly the cloud covered it and the Lord's glory appeared. The presence of God again was obviously present a little bit later in numbers he says uh, then moses and aaron went from the presence of the assembly into the doorway of the tent of meeting they fell down with their faces to the ground and the glory of the lord appeared to them was this uh, just all this weird glow that's talking about no i i think the glory uh, the glory uh, of god is the obvious presence of god you know so when he's talking you know that i have given them the glory that you have given me uh you know th- that the the, you know that they will see my glory which you have given me i think what he's talking about there is that obvious presence of god you know if it were glowing or some sort of light uh, that would draw attention to the person and here he's not drawing attention to the person who you know to his followers he is drawing attention to jesus christ he is drawing attention to god you know and clearly the attention here is on god and god's presence on his people not on the not on the people but on god's presence in them his presence in them jesus prayed i have given them the glory that you have given me the people recognized the people recognized the presence of god on jesus that's before they realized that he was god before they even realized he was God. John chapter 3 Nicodemus comes and to speak with Jesus at night because he didn't want people to know he was coming to speak to Jesus. He was a member of the ruling council and he didn't want he he didn't want that connection right then at that point. So it says this man, it's Nicodemus that he's talking about. This man came to him at night and said, "Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him." No one, he what he's saying is I have seen the obvious presence of God with you. No one could be doing what you're doing what unless there was the obvious presence of God with you. Now later Nicodemus came to realize that you know he that Jesus is God, that he is messiah. Uh, he, you see him at, at the at the burial he you know he stepped forward it says uh, you know, he and Joseph of Arimathea and they took down that body and buried it. But Nicodemus here, you know, a member of the Sanhedrin, he saw that obvious presence of God in Jesus. And, you know, he, he realizes he's the anointed one, who, who he really is. But part of what Jesus prayed for here is that those who have a relationship with him, those who came to believe through the message of his apostles, he says that they would have that obvious presence of God and that he says that they would be one. They would be one. One with each other and one with him, he says. Now, Jesus is not having one of those, oh, can't we just all get along with each other moments. That's that's not what this is about. That's not what he's talking about here. Look at these verses again and listen well. I have given them the glory you have given me. May they be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they be made completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire those you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you. However, I have known you and these have known that you sent me i made your name known to them and i will make it known so the love that you have loved me with may be in them and i may be in them now you know we think about unity as you know we come together and we all have the same you know the same ideas and the same purpose there you know the same view of jesus and those things are true but the focus is not here, here, the focus is not on us getting along. Yes, we should get along, but that's not what the focus is here. Look again, verse 25 and 26. Righteous Father, the world has not known you. However, I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known. So the love you have loved me with may be in them, and I may be in them. Here is where I think the unity that he's speaking about comes from. The focus is not simply on our unity with each other, but on our unity with each other because of our unity with God himself. You see, it's not the focus on us. It's the focus on God. And our unity with God Himself then brings unity with each other. You see, the goal isn't the unity with each other. The goal is being with God. The goal is that unity with God. And when we are are together with God, then we are unified and have unity with each other. Yes, there's still personalities and yes, there's still, you know, some of those those things that go on, but it's because of our unity with God. Look at what he says, "Righteous Father, the world has not known you, however I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. I made your name known to them and will make it known so that the love you have loved me with may be in them and I may be in them." Our unity is a byproduct of our relationship with Christ Jesus, just work your way backwards through this. You know, it's 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 that unity because of our, our relationship with Christ. It's a result of the very presence of God in us, the glory that He has given to those who believe. You know, to those who know Jesus as their Savior and live with Him as their reigning King, because we believe the message that Jesus prayed we would through what the disciples had listen well listen well to the message of God that unity because we are in Him because we know Him as our Savior and our reigning King and we live together as His people Let's pray. Father, thank you for your message that has come through your people. And I think of those who shared the message with me, and they were able to share it with me because somebody shared it with them. And somebody shared it with those who they had heard it from. And we can continue to trace this all the way back, Father, but it's here in your word where it's all begun, where it's all started. Help us, Father, to listen to you. Help us to open our hearts, our minds, our lives to you in a way in which you continue to to touch and transform us. That we believe, as it says there, that we repent and believe that we change our focus from uh, anything that draws us away from you, from anything that is there instead of you. And we bring that focus instead to you and to who you are and the reality of, of you as our Savior and our reigning King reigning King, that we live our life under you for your glory and for your honor. Help us to be those kind of people that when they look at us, they will see you. They will see you at work. They will see you in us. And they'll be drawn to you, we pray, in Christ's name. Amen.